Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Yes, another edition of your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Today is August 8th, 2015. It's going to be podcast 550-550. Podcast 550. And this week, what I'm going to do is talk about comic books, which is super super get it super appropriate get it or or fantastically appropriate i could say because we got another superhero movie that just came out on friday we've had a couple others this summer and uh, so and i'm also a, a big big comic book fan i've talked about comics on different podcasts over the years but today i'm going to talk about um a few things uh, i'm going to re- try to suggest or recommend some uh comics to read uh and I'm also going to go over some of the current uh, comics that I enjoy these days, as well as some uh, of the past that I've enjoyed over the years, and just talk about the comic book movie situation that's going on right now. It's it's obviously pretty huge, so we'll talk about that. And in regards to that, I went out last night to see the new Fantastic Four movie. Yes, I went and saw it. Even with all the terrible reviews it's getting, and uh, well, you know, not too bad. But I'm definitely going to cover it and talk about it and try to do it fairly spoiler-free. Uh, but uh, I do have some comments about it to, to make that I think hopefully will be interesting and maybe pertinent, and uh, and, and so forth and so on, as they say. So uh, what I'm going to do first here, though, I thought I would play uh, one of the trailers for the Fantastic Four movie. I think this gives you a pretty good flavor for the film. It, it definitely had some some weaknesses, uh, but uh, and I'll talk about those in a few minutes. But I, I thought I'd play this trailer and uh, give you a, another uh, listen to uh, look at uh, the Fantastic Four movie, the the most recent uh, incarnation of this uh, classic comic that's been around for decades. So uh, I'm going to play this trailer. That's going to be kind of our intro for this week, and I'll come back and I'll get right into discussing the movie and other comic book related things get it thing get it he's in the he's in the fantastic four movie yeah <laughs> here you go when i grow up i want to be the first person to teleport himself even if you could build it i've already built it is it next to your flying car <laughs> i'm not working on that anymore to the unknown. But sometimes, you're looking to discover one thing, and you find something else. I just want to fix my friends. We can't change the past. But we can change the future. I'm gonna need a heat-resistant workshop. In a big-ass sunroof. They are dangerous and powerful. Which makes them extremely valuable to the government. You promised me you wouldn't use my kids as weapons. You think we've had power? And it do you. 
You don't know anything about what's coming. What is coming? Doom. This is our chance to make a difference. We're family. If we do this, we do it our way. What if we say no? Say yes. This is the end of your world and the beginning of mine. He's stronger than any of us. He's not stronger than all of us. Yeah, so there you have the trailer for the uh, the latest uh, Fantastic Four film uh, that uh, directed by Josh Trank, who was going to work on one of the Star Wars movies. He did the very good Chronicle movie, uh, which which I'm going to use as a little bit of a contrast to my discussion about Fantastic Four. If you've seen Chronicle, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. And uh, I'll um, I'll describe that movie, like I said, in comparison to the Fantastic Four on this comic book uh, edition of Treks in Sci-Fi, basically to, to show what I think the biggest weakness for this movie is. Now, as everyone knows that listens to this show and, and follows me on Facebook, on the, in the Treks in Sci-Fi group and things there, I am pretty forgiving. I will completely admit I can find the uh, the, the light on, in the, the silver lining in any in any film, any TV show, much, much of the time. And I find some things here that I enjoyed too as well. But I'm realistic. I, I try to be at least, and I understand people have different opinions and viewpoints, and and critics. And and while I don't, uh, I always say you should always check out a, a movie uh, for yourself eventually. Whether you wait till Netflix, that's fine. I mean, you know, you could certainly do that with this film. You could probably do it with many movies. But they, um, I still think you need to try to form your own opinion. And the the reason I get a little bit worried and a little bit bothered by by what people see and read in critics' reviews is I believe they instantly then make that their opinion. You know, that it's very hard sometimes, I think, if you read a bunch of stuff and hear a bunch of talk to to keep an objective mind about something. You know, you 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 hear so many it's uh, I'll throw it the opposite way. I, I um there have been some recent times and some other people that I've heard that, um, let, let's put it the other way, people will hear about a movie maybe that's just supposed to be just amazing. Like last summer's Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, had this slight issue that happened at one point where, you know, it was a fun movie, a great movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I saw it, of course, when it just when it came out pretty much that weekend, maybe a day after it opened or whatever. And I loved it, but... Uh, but so if people, word of mouth got a lot of people to go see that movie. And then I heard some things, people saying like, you know, who saw it like a month or two later. Well, you know, gosh, it wasn't as great as everyone was saying. Well, you get these expectations going, you know, you get everyone saying something's, oh my gosh, it's so great. You need to see it. And, and, and again, how does it meet that? You know, it's like seeing Star Wars for the first time after all these years which I just read about somebody on the on the uh, Facebook page that their wife finally saw the movie after she's, uh, you know, like 36 years old and first time seeing Star Wars. I used to work with this guy who'd never seen the original Wizard of Oz movie. Uh, so how do these things live up to this? So the other end of it, of course, is when something is trashed to death, 
when you see it, you know, you, you kind of are looking for the bad, you know, you're like going and, 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 and in my opinion for this movie, at least for me, uh, I keep saying, well, gosh, it's not quite as bad as everybody's saying. Now, uh, a couple of things here. Uh, I don't know how to best cover this thing exactly and, and get across. What you know? What I really wanted to do with this Fantastic Four thing is is both segue into the comic book talk, but also to make some comments about um, movie critics and movie critical opinion. Now, I have up on my computer here as I'm doing the podcast. I have four reviews of the movie. I have Variety. I have Entertainment Weekly. I have uh, the uh, Chicago Sun-Times, and what else? USA Today, and the New York Post. Now, I just read through, uh, while I was playing the trailer and, and a little bit before I started recording again, I read through all these reviews. And, you know, when you read them as a whole, you know, they're, they're all giving it sort of mediocre reviews, mediocre grades, like on a, on a, on a grade scale, like you get in school, they're all giving it about like a C kind of a grade. You know, it's certainly not fantastic. And, and the truth of it is I'd probably mostly agree with what they have to say. I'm probably a little bit, I probably liked it a little bit better than most of them. Although there's a little mix of the, um, of the reviews here. But what I don't get about this exactly is, you know, if you go over to like sites like uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, uh, the way they they do their sort of system and averaging thing, it, it, it's very strange. Like Metascore right now on Metacritic is 27, okay? But all of these reviews are giving it a, on a like a 100-point scale or so. There's, there's a lot of reviews uh, that are... You know, in the 50s, 60s, that kind of range. Of course, there are um, there are zeros, twos, threes, re- crazy things like that. Although those tend to be mostly from uh, users, not from uh, official movie critics. Uh, if you look at the official movie critics of the, uh, let's see, Variety had a 50, uh, Entertainment Weekly a 50, Chicago Sun Times a 38, USA 25, and New York Post zero. So there's a lot that are in the mid grades or so. But anyway, the point being, you know, when you read these reviews, the numbers are one thing. If you read through the text, it's a, it's much more interesting, I think. So be careful with just looking at number of stars and uh, also the grade scores things get or the points or whatever. Uh, take a look at some actually written reviews. I mean, some of them will warn you if there's spoilers involved, and I'm not going to give out any spoilers, but... Um, so, uh, some background here. Now I'll get into my uh, commentary a bit, and I'll kind of blend in some of these reviews and what they have to say about Fantastic Four. The um, the comic book itself, Fantastic Four, is probably, uh, probably truthfully, my favorite superhero team uh, book, and had been for a lot of a lot of years. Although I've I've not liked it in recent years, but. But back in, you know, the later 80s, the 90s, you know, I just loved the Fantastic Four. I I loved the idea of the super geeky scientist guy getting the the cute girl and and just their powers. I love Johnny Storm, his his cocky attitude and flying around on fire. I mean, how cool is that? And and the the thing, this, this unfortunate guy, you know, who had sort of a... A heart of gold, but stuck in this body of, of of ugliness and rocks. And even though he has this blind sculptor girlfriend, uh, which I thought was a great touch in the comic. So, 
So some background there. I, I love, love the Fantastic Four as a comic book, as characters. Uh, probably, again, second to, like, Spider-Man for me. Uh, so it's... And, and well, I, X-Men is probably pretty much right up there with, with Fantastic Four. So there's some background. And, you know, the, the previous two films, eh, not great, a little too silly, but but not too bad, really, uh, overall. Could, could have been definitely better, uh, but I didn't really mind him that much. So now we get to this movie, and now we're in this age of everything has to be serious and, and somewhat grim. And, uh, you know, given the fact that Ben Grimm is one of the characters who plays, you know, is the thing, uh, yeah. So... So I hear about this, and one of the big controversy, and I guess I'll mention it, and it doesn't really matter that much to me, although I have a little bit of a point to make. An African-American actor, Michael B. Jordan, who was great in Chronicle, is cast as Johnny Storm. And, of course, Johnny Storm, the human torch in the comics, is a white guy. Just throw it out there. So, yeah, I wasn't super happy about that. I, I don't understand. I, I mean, I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm, I'm fine with getting, you know, some variety in, in movies and stuff. But, it, you know, that's not the character. I, I just have to say it that way. I mean, I, I you know, he, that's, not, that's not the character. Whether it can work or not, and I think in this movie they frankly do that pretty well. I don't think that's a big problem at all, and they handle that pretty well, I think, and it works. And, and he's actually probably one of the more interesting of, of the cast in the movie uh, and, and, and you know, as an actor and what he brings in the movie. But it just didn't seem – it just seems so token. It just seems so ne- unnecessary. I, I don't, you know, don't really agree with it. I'll just put it that way. But um, so uh, the, the other cast, we have uh, – uh, let's see. We have uh, Kate Mara as Sue Storm. We've got uh, what is it? Miles Teller is that the guy's name playing Mister Fantastic? I think that's the actor. Uh, so, so you've got that. And who else? Jamie Bell is the thing. I think is 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 right. Yeah, that's correct. So, um, so the cast is good. The, you know, they're solid people, solid actors. But uh, I mean. The truth of it is the movie is just kind of dull and dreary and there there's very little humor the, the 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 cast while being good it doesn't have a lot of chemistry together there are truthfully not a lot of scenes where even though in the trailers it looks like it there are not you see them sort of working a little bit together but there are not a lot of scenes like they needed a scene in this movie i'll, I'll throw out some suggestions they needed a scene in this movie where they were all sort of like, um, and they tried to do it, but it didn't really work, where they were all going out to dinner or, or doing something outside of the lab a little bit more. They, th- there's a scene that they do kind of loosen up a little bit in the movie. I won't say too much, but it happens at the lab. So, I, I mean, there's one reviewer's critic, critic review that ma- makes mention of this, that basically the movie takes place you know, very outside of the real world. You, you don't see them, you know, like you did in the other Fantastic Four movies where they were around, like, New York and things like that. So so that's a little bit of a fault. So the, so the cast is solid and good, but the script isn't great, and, and they don't seem to have a lot of time together and chemistry. There, there's more uh, attitude between each other, and they don't really care for each other that much. But I will say I, I really enjoyed the early part of the movie where they showed Reed and Ben as kids and uh, Reed's genius and what he was messing around with. I think that was handled well. I think they actually, though, spent a little too much time with that and didn't get to the later stuff fast enough. But uh, so then the uh, and then, of course, they have Victor Doom, 
or Victor Von Doom in, in this movie, uh, played by, who's the actor who plays that guy? Uh, Toby Cabell, uh, Victor Von Doom, yeah. And uh, that part of it was, meh, you know, I don't know. I didn't really care for him as a character. He didn't seem to be uh, and show us his genius as much as he should. Uh, and I think that was a little bit of a weak point. Uh, but, um, and then you got the whole military element that wants to use them as, as weapons and things once they get their powers. Uh, the, uh, even though this movie had a pretty decent budget, I felt that looked, it didn't really, it didn't really seem to use the budget real well. I mean, I mean, I wanted to see more and, uh, there was a couple of reviewers that said things like, this seems like sort of a preview or a prelude of things to come more. Uh, and that's kind of the case, I think, a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't want to spend the whole podcast about the Fantastic Four movie, but I wanted to just make a few points in saying, you know, not as bad as it's it's being slammed apart, although it is certainly could be could use the lighter tone of Marvel, uh, a little more humor here and there, and not not that you need, you know, you you don't want to go too much with that, but like the the Ant Man movie, like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think you can have a still have a serious movie, but but have these guys have a little fun with it. You know, there there there's very few scenes in this movie, hardly any, where you where you see them actually sort of enjoying their new gifts, their new powers. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. Where it, where they did have that happen in the uh, previous films that they did with the Fantastic Four. So uh, it, it's just yeah, it's just weak and uh, the director Josh Trank, I think, and, and I've heard a lot of different things like the studio is messing with things. I also have noticed have noticed uh, that there are there are definitely a few little bits in the in the preview trailers that I I don't really remember seeing in the movie. I think this movie it's pretty short. It's about ninety five minutes or something like that. Uh, I think actually screen time, not counting credits, maybe even a couple minutes less than that. I think it's a total of a hundred minutes, but you got to pull the credits off of it, you know, to, to really say how long the movie is in a way. So it's pretty short, uh, and, and I think they cut a lot out. Uh, so perhaps maybe a, a director's cut in the future will make it a little bit better. Who knows? Uh, but I, I, you know, the the talk, and of course, people would love to go back, uh, you know, to have this property go back to uh, Marvel, and, and become part of the the Marvel Studio rights. If for those that don't know, uh, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men have all been outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's control. So that's why those characters don't end up in like the Avengers or any of the other Marvel, uh, the MCU type uh, films that they've done. But that's changing. You know, Spider-Man's going to show up, uh, and the you know there there is definitely going to be a shot here now. I think where the Fantastic Four could get a Marvel movie, and and in my opinion, you know, screw the origin. Uh, don't do another origin of this. You know, they've already done it now twice. <laughs> You don't need it. it, you know. Do it. Do it in like the credits. Do it like in, you know, the first few minutes, and have them have a fun. You know, like we're working in the Baxter Building. We're building things. We're going into different dimensions. Some new villain pops up. Whatever. But really, don't want to spend another hour or two of a Fantastic Four movie just getting them their powers. It just seems like such a waste of film. <laughs> Same thing with Superman. You know, or or any other. You know. Or, or what was I going to say? Not Superman, because they've already done that, obviously, recently, again, with Man of Steel. But I was going to say Spider-Man. 
you know, we, we're going to get a new Spider-Man movie. It, please don't spend the movie, you know, three quarters of it, Spider, Spidey getting, Peter getting his powers again. Please. <laughs> We've done that twice in like uh, 10, 15 years. It, it doesn't need to be done again. People, you know, show it in the credits in a few minutes and then just have a have a fun movie and, and get to the real good stuff. So, uh, but, okay, i got to take a break. I've already spent a, a good chunk of the show on this movie but now we're going to segue into talking about comics in general, talk about what what's out there, what's fun, uh, what you should be reading, or what you might want to get into if you've never really read comics. Uh, I'll be right back after a short break. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain All right, comic books, that uh, very American uh, art form that has been around for many, 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 many decades, many years, that uh, a lot of people in America are just discovering, I think, and a lot of that's due to the comic book television shows, the comic book movies, of course, that we've been having for a good 15-plus years now, uh, that uh, that have really moved uh, uh, things up a notch, you know, to give you some background, maybe I've said this before on the podcast, I, I've read comics. A, fr- a good friend of mine that I grew up with, Rob, uh, who is now a lawyer, uh, who's my first call if I ever get in trouble with the law. <laughs> He's uh, Anyway, Rob, uh, that I knew uh, in, in school growing up, uh, was, was into comics. He, he was the comic book guy. And I did not, I would read now and then a few uh, and read some of the Star Trek comics back in those days, in the early days, because it was the only new Star Trek around. Uh, but I wasn't really a much of a comic book, a regular, regular old re- reading Marvel or DC comics uh, comic book reader, until I'd say about my, I don't know, junior year of high school or so, when, it, when he basically gave me a few of his X-Men comics, a few Spider-Man, and a few recent comics, and, and said, here, read this stuff. And I just dived in. It was, you know, there were issues, you know, it, it was the middle of stories. It was, it was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things to learn about these some of these characters I didn't really know. I knew Spider-Man, of course. I didn't really know the X-Men very well. Spider-Man, you could have learned from, you know, the old, old cartoon show. And some other comic book characters, uh, it, most people know things like, you know, Superman has been around a long time. Batman, everybody knew from the old 60s TV show. This is, again, before, you know, the the, the Batman movie of the late 80s. Uh, so there, there's, you know, this is an era where this, this stuff was not widely out there. Uh, there were no real comic book TV shows. There was an old, old live action attempt at Spider-Man, but that was pretty hokey. Uh, and and, a, and a, just a few little things here or there, but it was it was hidden pretty much. You had to, you had to go to a comic book store to buy comics. You couldn't get them electronically or digitally. You had to go to the store. You had to go to a specific comic shop. They weren't available in other places. And it, and it was really a time where you had to go out of your way to do this. And I actually, when I first started to read them. And, and started to really enjoy them. I was very much Marvel comics only. That was all I read uh, to begin with. And uh, I can remember distinctly when I got into college, there was a comic book shop 
really one main one. Uh, Michigan State, uh, where I went to college, there was one that was, well, let's just say it was a bit of a walk from my dorm, a long walk, like miles away. <laughs> and I didn't have a bicycle. I did not have a car. And in Michigan winters even, I would trudge every week. Uh, I think back then, I don't think it was Wednesday was the comic book day. I think it was Friday. It was a different day, I think. But anyway, each week I, w- I would dutifully, you know, walk to the, sh- to the comic shop. I, I t- tried to go to it. Uh, when I was over on the, the side of campus, you know, that was, uh, I had a class somewhat near the comic shop, you know, but anyway, I would go there and, and, and get the comics and I can remember, I have very fond memories of basically, <laughs> I studied pretty good in college. I studied pretty hard. I did good in, you know, in school and all that, but I do remember a lot of times sitting outside classrooms waiting to go into a, into a college class and I would have my notebook, I would have maybe the book for the class there, but I would have usually some comics with me, If I, especially if I had just gone to the comic book shop, and I was just so anxious to read about what was going on with, you know, uh, the Fantastic Four or Spider-Man or the X-Men, uh, that I would just have to, the minute I would grab the book or, or buy the book, I would be sitting there on the floor waiting to go into class, and I'd be reading uh, reading the latest comic book. So it... Uh, you know, I, I very much associate, you know, have a lot of fond memories and good memories of college and, and college uh, picking up comics and reading comics. And and it started to expand into both uh, some DC books, some alternate uh, publisher books, you know, other comic book publishers, uh, a little bit of DC. But I was really Marvel for, for a long, long time. And... Uh, and that was that was the bread and butter of what I what I was reading, what I was learning about the Avengers, the or you know some of those Avengers comics back then were just so good. And, and the thing that I've always loved about Marvel comics, and the thing I think they're doing so well in the movies, is the characters and the teamwork and, and the individual uh, idiosyncrasies of these of these people. They're just people. They're they're people that are kind of messed up a lot of times. They're not gods. They're not. Uh, they're very easy to uh, sort of identify with, to to sort of care about, and, and so forth. They have a lot of frailties. They're not perfect by any means. Most of them are really very far from perfect. And you know there are some exceptions. There are some that try to be more of a goody two shoes like a Captain America or whatever. But the <laughs> The funny thing is I didn't really read much Cap, many Cap uh, books, Captain America books. I would read about him in the Avengers books, uh, but I always kind of gravitated more towards like Iron Man and all of his problems or even the Hulk uh, and, and what's going on there, Hank Pym or, or, or whatever, you know, these these more messed up characters and, and characters that were more interesting. And the X-Men too, the X-Men became... Uh, Fantastic Four and X-Men both became super important to me. Uh, I really cared a lot about those characters. And when things would happen, like, uh, you know, here's here's a spoiler for a comic that came out decades ago. But when Jean Grey uh, died in, in the comics, I mean, I was just like, it was like a, a friend of mine passed away. I mean, it was just terrible. And, you know, Scott Summers, you know, her... Her, the love of her life, you know, he was just ripped apart by that, and I, I can just remember that 
feeling, you know, and it, the, these things that happened to them in the comics just, just, uh, were, they were like a second family in a way. And, uh, and then I got to know some people that were into comics and we would talk about them and, and so forth. So it's, um, and leading all of this to some things that I say sometimes either on the podcast or on Facebook or whatever, you know, the comic book industry, the comic book, uh, world has been something that's been with me a very long time and is important to me. And I have, uh, you know, I have a lot of information in my head of, of what I expect and think these things should be. And, it's why for, for, you know, there, there are comments, you know, people will say you're a fanboy or you're a comic book purist, you know, you want, you know, you want the human torch to look like the human torch in the movie. You know, you want the X-Men to look like the X-Men. You don't want a six foot some, I remember when Hugh Jackman was cast for the X-Men film. Uh, and, and he's this big, tall guy and, and Wolverine is supposed to be a stocky, short little Canadian guy. And that's what he is in the comics. He has a little bit of an accent, and he should be about five foot. He should be much shorter than most of the rest of the X-Men. But then I, I got past that when he did such a good job. He did such a good job with the character itself uh, that I was okay with that. And now I, I, I kind of see him, see Wolverine as Hugh Jackman or Hugh Jackman as Wolverine or whatever. I, you know, it's like, okay. But um, what else do I want to kind of use as a prelude here? So, uh, you know, and I have boxes and boxes and boxes of, of comics uh, in my house. I, I still enjoy going to the comic shop each week. Actually, I'm going to go later today, I think. And it's, um, it's important to me, and I still read paper comics. I, still, I read some digital. I still like the, the reading, the holding of the comic in my hand and reading it. Uh, turning the pages uh, with, you know, with a physical copy in my hand. And although with all the comics I've got stuffed around here, I, I, I should really start reading a lot more digital uh, than I do. But um, so that gives you a little bit of background and why I get kind of worked up about uh, comic movies and why I also say that we're just, we don't ha know how good we have it right now with, with the amazing uh, movies and the TV shows. It's just a, uh, an incredible time, you know, back when I was reading these things, I thought, gosh, you know, it would be, I would go in my, in my mind's eye, I would kind of like say, it would be great to have a movie of the X-Men or the Fantastic Four, but I thought, oh, they could never pull that off. And, and lo and behold, they've pulled it off now many, many times. So it's, you know, a great time to, to enjoy and love comics. I, I think the the movies have done a long, uh, or a, a lot, uh, or, or made things go a long way for people. I know the comic book shop that I go to currently has, uh, has said to me a few times, we, I go in there and chat with the people that run it. And, you know, I'm so into comics, you know, there was a tiny period of time I was seriously considering opening, 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 opening. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was, I was considering opening a comic book shop for pretty seriously, maybe about five years ago or so. But, um, so I talked to the owners and the people that run the place and, and the, and the, and that handle, uh, you know, checking you out and all. And I have what's, uh, you know, a little thing on file. They, they pull the comics for me cause I'm generally, you know, busy and traveling and crazy things. And the, the, the nice thing about comic book shops and, you know, typically if, um, most of them will will let you um, create like a little pull list for them so that uh, 
you don't have to be there right on the day they come out. Because comic book, um, to give you an idea, retailers, they uh, they really are in a bit of a pickle because most of the, the comic book publishers out there don't really allow them to return comics. So if they order 50 copies of the latest issue of Amazing Spider-Man, that's that's the 50 copies they get. They got to sell them, or if they don't sell them, they lose money, you know, whatever. So they try to, it helps them if they have the regular customers kind of have an itemized list for them of the comics they want to read. So then they can just add those up and, and it goes into their order system and they know, oh, look, we already have, you know, maybe 40 regular people that want Spider-Man. And they order, you know, maybe that many plus another X amount, like, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30, whatever number they estimate and they think they'll sell to just the people who walk in to buy books. I used to forever, really, I used to always just walk in and buy books. I would always try to go on comic book, you know, the the day they come out on comic book day, you know, on Wednesdays. But over the years, it's been harder and harder to get uh, the shop I'm, I go to now is not really near work at all for me and it's yeah maybe three or four miles from my house so if you don't get there within a day or so a lot of times you can miss issues that and and so i just decided i'll just tell them which books i want and and i'll pick up other ones occasionally here and there too so that's kind of how that works but i i was uh what i was getting at at, uh you know i talked to them and and they've the the comic book shop people have definitely said that you know, with all the stuff on TV and movies these days, they definitely get a lot more people coming into the store. And there's a, a woman that works at the one I go to. I usually see her, Gretchen, uh, who's super nice and super helpful. And she's been into comics a long time. And she's pointed out and said to me, you know, uh, the interesting thing is is that they used to, out of the the people they have pull lists for, the regular the regulars, she said it used to be just like a couple of women really that they had that for and she says now it's up to about what did she tell me a week or two ago she told me there's probably about 20 maybe a quarter 20 25 percent women that are getting regular comic books pulled and and there's a lot of usually women in the store that come in that i see when i'm in there too so that's great that's that's fantastic fantastic is going to be my word of the podcast this week (laughs) It's fantastic. Oh, it's, uh, I can't say it like Arnold. It's fantastic. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, it's good. Good. Lots of good books. Lots of good stuff. And the variety of comics these days is incredible. I mean, you have so many more publishers. Uh, Image Comics, for for example, that broke off, you know, the, uh, for those that don't know, for years, both Marvel and DC, this is, this is turning into more a little bit of a comic book lesson and history bit than recommendations, but I'm going to get to recommendations too. The comic book uh, biggies like Marvel and DC that have artists and writers that work for them, uh, the way it's always been is that if you create, like say you created a new character uh, that really took off or whatever, it's, it's owned by Marvel or DC or whoever you're working for. It's not owned by you, by the creator. That's the simplest way to put it. Uh, you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way it is. You work for the company. Uh, you know, I've worked for companies where things that I developed, I, I have a couple of patents on a couple of things, actually. And the those things are owned by the company when I worked for them. They're not really owned by me. I have a plaque on the wall. That's about it. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so 
Image Comics that happened, uh, when was it, the 90s? Sometime in the 90s? I don't I, I could look up the exact date. I think it was in the 90s. Uh, Todd McFarlane and a group of other people, uh, writers and artists, uh, probably about five or six, I think it was, of them, uh, broke off. Uh, Todd, Mar- Todd McFarlane was, uh, was known for doing Spider-Man at the time uh, pretty successfully, and I loved his work on Spider-Man. Great artist, uh, pretty good storyteller, storyteller too. And uh, they broke off from Marvel, and uh, I think, I don't know if all of them, that the original people all came from Marvel, but a good portion of them were. And uh, they basically created Image Comics, which is basically they uh, created a, uh, a new comic book publishing house and where the creators would own their properties. So if you created a, a character or a comic or both, at Image Comics, you owned it. And and from then on, you know, other artists or writers could work on it maybe at some point in the future, but you always would get money from it. It was your creation, and you had control of it, which was a huge difference and a huge change. And everyone was like, oh, this will never work. You know, you can't fight Marvel and DC. But over time, and especially in the last few years, Image Comics have been really fantastic yes they're fantastic <laughs> they they put out some really original really different stuff i'll get i'll give you an example there's a book that was out just in the last few months chrononauts about a couple of guys that um uh, have, work on time travel they have the ability to go back in time now the fun thing about this chrononauts and it was just a little mini series i think mark millar Mark Millar, however you say his last name, he did uh, Kick-Ass and those books. Uh, this is his his brainchild a little bit, and or is is his brainchild. Uh, think about all the time travel stuff, movies and, and TV that you've ever seen. The, one of the biggest things about time travel that everybody always says is don't mess with things, right? You go in the past, don't mess with things. Well, these guys, they're just a couple of, like, goofs a little bit and they go back in time and they mess with stuff they goof around they you know one of the guys like ends up sleeping with cleopatra or something like that i don't know there's all kinds of crazy let's just say crazy hijinks ensue uh which is cool it's it's just he really mark muller millar millar whatever i'm just gonna call him mark miller um but i think it's ar at the end of his name so he, he always likes to take things and sort of turn them on edge or, or do things that people have always thought about. Like the kick-ass thing that the premise of it was is it is so obvious when you think about it is that oh, for years kids read about uh, comic book characters in, in um, TV, sorry, in uh, comic books. They read about these things, see maybe some TV shows or movies. And, and you know, the idea is that the character in, the, in kick-ass says, well, why doesn't anyone ever put on like some kind of a costume and go out and um, fight crime? So, you know, really a uh, an obvious idea, but just, you know, done pretty fun. And uh, the comic was good. The movies were good for kick-ass. So Chrononauts uh, that Mark has done is also, is, is a definite recommendation of, of something to read. It's, it's pretty fun. The art is kind of neat and different. And I suggest, um, yeah, check out that Marvel book, and uh, yeah, I think you'd enjoy it uh, very much. Another uh, recommendation while we're on, did I say Marvel book? <laughs> Shoot me in the head. 
Oh, don't do it, really. Uh, but the image book, sorry. Another image book that I wanted to point out is, uh, which I don't even really know how to describe it practically, but uh, Black Science is a, is a current book. I think, well, I don't know what issue we're at. I don't think they've even done 20 issues yet. But this this is about uh, dimension hopping, and it's sort of a little Fantastic Four-ish in a way, where there's a family that's involved and a team and scientists and uh, alternate dimensions and time travel, I think, I guess. I, again, it's so hard to describe this book at all, but Black Science, pick up uh, one of the best ways to get into a new comic uh, is to pick up trade, uh, what's called what are called trade paperbacks. And for those that don't know, they are uh, collections of comics usually anywhere between four, five, six issues. I'd say an average is probably five or six issues of a book. And you can buy these right off Amazon. You just type in the comic book name, and you can buy them there. And the great thing about it is they're collected in one single book. You get a discount. You know, most comics these days are anywhere between about, I'd say the average is about $4 per comic. Uh, And if you get six issues, if you did the math, if you bought them individually... What is that, $24? Four times six? Yeah. And if you buy that trade paperback, I'd say on average it's probably, it's easily, easily, however I'm saying words these days, it's easily under 20, a lot of times maybe 15 on Amazon. So you're saving a good maybe five, almost $10 sometimes buying a trade paperback. And a lot of people, that's the way they read comics. They just read trade paperbacks so they don't follow week to week uh or month to month i should say and pick up comics week to week but most comics come out monthly is is the normal cycle kind of like magazines and things uh some take a little longer than that there are books that don't aren't on a very steady schedule but marvel dc the big books like a spider-man or a batman comic uh are are pretty much monthly uh, so, uh, I like that. I like to keep up on things. It's kind of like, I, I like re watching, um, television that way too, you know, on a week to week basis, rather than waiting for whole seasons to be out available on, uh, Netflix or, or whatever and binge watch them. I prefer the, you know, get a little bit every month or so, or every week for a TV show. So the, uh, you know, you can read these trades, and Black Sciences is one that you can buy that way. Uh, they've, they're definitely out there. And Chrononauts, I think, is probably, if it's not out in a trade paperback yet, I'm sure it will be soon. So those are a couple of recent things from Image that are, are enjoyable to, uh, to check out. And, uh, and, and I think um, another book that I wanted to mention here definitely was Saga. Saga is, again super hard to explain it's sort of science fiction it's set out there in the universe with strange people and aliens and but it's also sort of a story about a a family uh, like a husband and wife and they have a baby and it's sort of it's sort of supposedly the the story of her life growing up with all this um, crazy things going on Uh, but saga is is really good fantastic it's a very strange character some strange things go on in the book uh, very non-mainstream, I'll call it, uh, but it's it's very enjoyable. You know, it's a um, kind of can be distri- described as a, a space opera, fantasy comic. Uh, I want to, I could call it kind of a little Star Wars like, just a tiny bit. Uh, it's also another image comic. I, I have um, a lot of uh, 
a lot of stuff these days that I'm really uh, enjoying from Image Comics. Uh, so check that out. It's uh, created uh, and written by Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, as you get into comics, if you're not into them now or maybe you're into them a little bit, or if you're listening, maybe you're a heavy comic book reader. It could be everywhere in between. Maybe people listening know, know their comics. But what you will have happen if you are someone somewhat new to comics or as time goes on, as you if you continue with them, is you will start to follow certain writers and artists. Like, I, I definitely have picked up comics over the years, almost sight unseen, having no idea what it was about, a new book, just because I know I like the writer or I like the artist or maybe the combination. You know, a lot of writer-artist teams are out there, although that mixes up these days a lot. That's a little hard, harder to identify. They don't... Um, that doesn't happen as much where a writer-artist team follows you know they go on to many many books together a couple times and sometimes it happens but but generally I notice a writer that I like or an artist that I like and I'll pick up the book maybe leaf through it a little bit thumb through and and see what it's about and maybe word of mouth and I also w wanted to make sure that I suggested there's a a really fantastic uh podcast out there on comics called I Fanboy. I've listened to different comic book podcasts over the years, but I really like these guys. Uh, there, there's generally three guys that do the show each week. They talk about the latest books. They're pretty much current. Uh, so one of the, the comments they always make at the beginning of their podcasts are, if you, were, if you care about comic book spoilers, uh, to make sure that you've read the, the most recent comics. And they have what's called the pick of the week. The One of them will pick what they feel is the most, uh, the best for whatever reason, comic book of the week that came out. And the, the cool thing about that is it jumps around. It can be a comic book in a current series. It could be an issue one of a new comic that's coming out. A lot of that does happen a fair amount of time because it's something sort of new and unique. So that that's a good way to get uh, a heads up on maybe uh, the start of a new comic that you might be interested in. But I fanboy. Uh, just check them out. You can find them, of course, all over wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, whether it's iTunes or just you can go over. They've got a website, iFanboy. Uh, but I can't recommend that, com that comic book podcast enough. They do a great job. It's about an hour long each week or so. They have fun with it. They also do some special shows on comic book movies. Like I know they just did one on the Fantastic Four movie. They did one on Avengers and Ant-Man. Uh, they did one on the Daredevil uh, series on uh, HBO, or was it HBO? Was it HBO? No, what am I talking about? Netflix. Did I say HBO? <laughs> uh, I need some more tea. I probably will take a break here in a minute. Uh, but uh, but yeah, check their podcast out. Great stuff, and uh, they stay definitely up on uh, on things. And the the nice thing and fun thing about that show is one guy's a little more Marvel uh, Marvel fan. One guy's a little more of a DC fan, and then they kind of have another guy that's kind of in between and reads all things. And even when they're fans in those, just like I am, I'll, I'll pick up. It's not like I only will read uh, Marvel or DC or, or Image or anything like that. I, I Like I said, early in the early days of comics for me, it was a lot of Marvel, and I started to read a lot of other stuff too uh, just to get variety in there. I mean, right now I'm probably reading a good 12 to 15 or so comics uh, a month, uh, approximately, somewhere in there. Although th I always, always think that I'm reading, I need to cut a few titles out, and I probably really need to do that right now. I, I prefer to re be reading like nine or ten, maybe, and then a couple of, uh, you know, 
the the rare new book that comes out, I'll pick it up or whatever. But uh, yeah, let me take a break, get a little tea, uh, peruse some of my more current comics, see what else I want to suggest or recommend. And then I'll also suggest some places to start with some classic stuff that you might want to check out as well. If you are never opened a comic in your life, well, if you haven't, you really need to do that. Uh, it's a great art form. Great thing to sit down and and just uh, immerse yourself in. So I'll be right back. Hey, folks, I wanted to break in here and uh, talk about uh, my Patreon uh, fundraising uh, place. Uh, it's over at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi. And Patreon is, is just a simple way for creators of, of different content like podcasts or little movies or YouTube channels or whatever to uh, to get some funding to help produce and make what they what they love doing like I love doing treks and sci-fi so for just a few dollars a month uh, this is something that can easily be done hopefully by a lot of you and that kind of crowdfunding a way of doing things can help uh, really grow the show and help me add some things to the Rico cave to make it a little more uh, sci-fi and Star Trek set than I want to do although I got a little behind on that in the last uh month or so with a lot of traveling I've been doing, but I, I'm going to get back to that very soon here. So check it out. Uh, again, if you can just, you know, donate a couple of dollars a month, I super appreciate it. Uh, it'd be fantastic. Uh, just go over to patreon.com forward slash tracks and sci-fi. All right, let's see. What else to talk about on current books that I'm enjoying? I, I still read a, a couple of X-Men books a month. I read Amazing Spider-Man, and I read Justice League. I read Batman. I read Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is fun. If you're a Buffy fan, there is a comic that they've been doing for um, quite a few years now from Dark Horse, and that is a cool way. The art's good. The stories have been good. And there's an angel and 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 faith comic as well, uh, but uh, yeah, they've done a nice job with that. That, like I said, the stories are good, so it's a way to get more Buffy. There's also an X Files comic these days. Uh, we've got uh, you know X Files coming back to TV for a limited series, so so that's fun uh, to to read that as well. There's um, I read a Superman Wonder Woman comic that I, I started to read, maybe. How long has that been going now? A couple of years, I think. I love the art. I, I really do like the idea of a romance between Superman and Wonder Woman. I think it makes sense uh, for a lot of reasons, and I think it works pretty good. Uh, you know, they've the DC Universe, both the DC and the Marvel Universe of comics have both been going through some changes lately. Uh, DC uh, probably more, even more so, although Marvel's doing this a new Secret Wars which has been interesting, but uh, I don't know. We'll see how it all shakes out, and it's 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 pretty hard to explain, and, and much more than I want to get into on on the podcast today. But the and and uh, DC did something called convergence uh, recently. Part of that was DC, I think, was moving their their headquarters, their offices. So that also changed some of the characters. Like for example, right now Superman's powers are different. Uh, he isn't as strong as he used to be, and it's made him somewhat weak. And in this recent issue, for example, of Superman and Wonder Woman, they get attacked, both of them, and Superman gets pretty hurt. And uh, it's interesting, you know, Superman's always a tough character. You know, you have this guy that's basically 
except for if you've got a little kryptonite in your back pocket. Uh, he's hard to take down. He's hard to have any real danger go on. You know, you can put other things in danger around him. Uh, but, you know, I think it's why it's always been fairly hard to do him in the movies, too. But the uh, this comic, and I think it depowering him a little bit, ha has been helpful. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to stay this way. I think there's still some problems with that idea. They, they also have um, pretty much revealed his identity to the world. Clark Kent, they know, people know Clark Kent's Superman is Superman's Clark Kent. So that's created some interesting things. So... Um, I've been mixed on reading the Superman or the they have a Superman book, an action comics book. Uh, I've been a little mixed on reading those. I picked them up now and then. Uh, they've also got a Superman Batman book, which has been pretty good. Um, Batman has also changed quite a bit right now, uh, if you're not up on it. And, and these aren't really, I guess, spoilers. Uh, maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> but Batman isn't Batman anymore, or, or it's not Bruce Wayne playing Batman. I, w I won't say too much more. And that has to do with the convergence thing that happened as well. Uh, and that, you know, over the decades and over the years, there have been a lot of other characters in the comics that have that have had to take on play being Batman for a period of time for different reasons. I mean, Robin, you know, Dick Grayson was Batman for a while, uh, a, and, a, and a good, you know, half a dozen or so other people too so it's um it's interesting i want bruce back as batman you know i batman's one of my all-time favorite characters him and spider-man uh are just you know always cool to read about and and batman i just i just think is fantastic fantastic uh but so that's the situation there and marvel is doing a secret wars event which has sort of splintered the marvel universe into these separate little worlds and they've created this sort of side few comics because of that. Uh, I'm reading a side X-Men book right now uh, that's called Years of Future Past. It sort of has, it's sort of showing the somewhat future time of the X-Men that was done way long time ago in a, in a, in a classic run on the X-Men where we saw an older Wolverine and in the future. It was kind of like the Days of Future Past movie X-Men that they did where it shows the future where sentinels have pretty much wiped out um the mutant uh, population and they're fighting for survival and that's always good times and good stuff to read so so those are some of the books uh so i'm reading guardians of the galaxy i started to read that i don't know a year more before i had seen and read snatches of it over the years but about a year probably more than that maybe a year and a half or two before the movie came out last summer i started to read it I wanted to get a little bit more up on Guardians of the Galaxy. It's also probably why I enjoyed that movie as much as I did, because I was pretty in tune with the characters in the universe uh, when I saw the uh, the movie. And that's a fun book to read. That's that's very um, fun, very much like the movie. I mean, there have been people that have said that they've been taking, with the Marvel uh, movies, uh, that they've been sort of blending and making the comic books more like the movies. You know, the characters, the look of them, the way they're drawn, uh, the, the way they act. They've kind of taken some existing, you know, like Tony Stark has been around forever and kind of made him a little more Robert Downey Jr.-like in, in attitude and look. Uh, and, and they're kind of kind of doing that and they've done that with guardians of the galaxy with uh chris pratt slash star lord uh to a degree it doesn't bother me a huge amount i'm not that um not quite that invested in those characters as i am in some others 
It never, it's funny, it never really happened, I don't think, with Spider-Man. When the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire were out, uh, or even the later ones, never really happened too much. So, uh, but, um, but they're doing it a little bit with Marvel now. The, um, what else did I want to say uh, as far as current stuff? Uh, oh, I wanted to touch on the latest uh, bit of uh, Star Wars comics, the Star Wars comics that Marvel had been doing. Ugh, okay, well, they're they're mostly set between like uh, a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So, like the main Star Wars comic, there have been things that have happened that and and characters that have sort of run into each other that, to me, just doesn't really work. I'm still reading it. I, I I've read the uh, the Darth Vader book too, as well as Princess Leia. Although I don't think I read the final issue of that little mini series. I don't think that's an ongoing. The Vader book I, is a little more interesting, maybe. Uh, but um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not super happy. the The art is pretty good on these books, although sometimes, sometimes it looks like they depend too much on uh, images from the movies. Like they'll you'll, you'll see a certain look or an angle of a face of one of the main three characters, and it says, "Wow, that's just like it was. That's just the way like Han had his face looking in like the beginning of Empire Strikes Back or something like that." And they've got a Lando. Uh, Lando comic that came out, Lando, you know, which the guys at iFanboy did not care for very much. I haven't read it yet. I'm, I'll probably read it anyway. Uh, but uh, they said there were some problems. But uh, yeah, it, it's tricky with these. I I, I hope w- what will happen is that when the the new movie comes out, episode seven comes out. So when we have um, episode seven comes. Of course, it's 30 or whatever years past Return of the Jedi, and I know there's going to be a novel. I'm getting into Star Wars Stacks podcast territory, but I know there's going to be a book uh, to kind of fill in some of, or a series of books that's going to fill in the gap between Jedi and a Force, The Force Awakens. But uh, I'm hoping that they can put a, a comic book series in that time frame because that's some good time to explore there that hasn't really been touched. And, and they don't have a lot of, like... You know, I think that there's a lot more room there to to have things happen than uh, to to smush in, you know, a comic between like uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, where to make it fun and 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 cool, they have characters meeting that again, in my opinion, shouldn't be running into each other. So that's my comment there. Um, I think that covers kind of my current mix. There's a oh, there's a couple others. Um, publishers that i wanted to mention actually i I just realized um first off if you're you're a gamer like an old tabletop DD gamer i can't recommend highly enough a great book called knights of the dinner table that i've read for i don't know since like 15 years since about the year 2000 maybe the late 90s uh knights of the dinner table is basically a comic book about guys playing a a fantasy role-playing game a tabletop role-playing game but the characters are so well um, realized. The art is very, very low-budget art. It's a black-and-white comic, actually. But it, it, it's just so much fun. And if you are at all ever you know, a person who sits down and played Dungeons & Dragons, which I did for years and years, on tabletop rolling dice, you will immediately uh, love this book. So Knights of the Dinner Table, I wanted to point out. Also, Zenscope, the publisher Zenscope. Uh, that put out, started um, 10, 15 years at least ago, 
uh, a book called Grim Fairy Tales, and they've spun off to a lot of other things. They've got like an Alice in Wonderland, a Wonderland book. They've done a, a Robin Hood with a female Robin Hood character. Uh, they've done, uh, you know, it, it's it's basically they do fairy tales, but sort of uh, from a, a different point of view, let's call it, as Obi-Wan would say. And, and they're a lot of fun, great artwork, uh, amazing art, uh, really, really cool stuff. So Grim Fairy Tales, a lot of fun. Those are definitely out in collected trade paperbacks to check out. Um, all right, one more quick break, and then I'll come back and talk about, uh, you know, probably stuff you guys have heard about, but a couple of, uh, a couple of classic bits of comic book that you really need on your shelf and should check out. Okay, I'm back. Uh, some comics that are, you know, considered to be like, hey, comic books you definitely should read, comic books reading, you know, on your bucket list of comics to read. Now, I'm going to, there are, uh, if you just go to Google and search around, you know, comic books that you should read before you die or something like that, or just must read comic books. So you'll find lots of different lists. Some of this stuff I've read and I'll comment. Some of it actually, I, I have, believe it or not, after reading comics for most of my life, uh, I've not actually read. So I'll kind of give you a quick, quick rundown of a couple of lists I found here. Uh, Empire Online, which is you know a site from the magazine's got a list. There's a few other ones. This is this one's pretty good. Um, let me give you some biggies. Uh, Watchmen uh, from DC uh, Vertigo. You got to read Watchmen. It's it's complex. Uh, if you saw the movie, uh, you know actually I thought they did a fairly good job in the movie, but uh, Watchmen is a, is a definite read. Uh, Sandman DC Vertigo. Now this book. <laughs> Neil Gaiman, uh, this book is is actually one I've only read a couple of issues, believe it or not. I, I've just never been able to get into it, and uh, but it's on my list. I, I really should just pick up. They've got a, a couple of really nice editions out there, complete Sandman editions, that I, I should just pick one up and just get into it and do it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, of course. DC, um, old Batman fighting Superman, which... Some of what you're going to see in the Dark Knight, um, or whatever it's called, Superman vs. Batman, blah, 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 uh, Justice Starts, or whatever the stupid movie title is called for next year, uh, is a little bit of this, where you have Batman having to fight Superman. Uh, not a uh, not as, an, as quite an old Batman as you see in this Dark Knight Returns uh, by Frank Miller, but uh, it, is, uh, it is certainly some of the basis for, for what we're going to see in that movie. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Preacher, DC Vertigo, not one I've ever read, really. Um, what else do I want to say about here? Oh, V for Vendetta. Uh, I definitely read that. Uh, pretty good movie. Uh, read the book. Great book. Um, let's see what other ones that I want to mention here on this list. Uh, Marvels, uh, which is sort of, it's really interesting. It's, uh, uh, Alex Ross does some amazing art. I would just read this book for the artwork alone. Marvels, it's supposed to be supposed to be sort of like the Marvel uh, superhero characters is seen through the eyes of the everyday person on the street or every man. Uh, very hard to describe, uh, like I've, I think I've said 
things are hard to describe many times on today's show. Uh, but uh, for the artwork alone, Marvels is is worth checking out. Uh, Swamp Thing, DC Vertigo. I've read Swamp Thing. Alan Moore, uh, uh, really great stuff. Uh, great artwork. Um, there's a classic X Men book that I that I enjoyed, and it's on this one list that I found here that I wanted to mention. It's called X Men: God Loves, Man Kills by Marvel uh, writer, uh, a, a classic X Men writer, one of the best ever. Chris Claremont worked on this, and, and very much worth reading. This is is you know the X Men. The X-Men, the Mutants, is such a, a parable and, and a, a reflection of, you know, a, a group of people sort of oppressed by society. You know, the classic bits of what you see in the movies, if you're just familiar with those, is, you know, they have these mutants that are sort of shunned by society, but they actually try to, to help man and, and also to, um, to save man. And this book is, is, is really good. It's about, you know, a lot of social commentary with superhero action, uh, well worth checking that out. Uh, All-Star Superman by DC. Really great, great work. Great art, great stories. Really interesting, really different in a way for Superman. Uh, it, it, it's it's really, um, it, it, it's one of those books that you can read and, and really smile and enjoy. It was a 12-issue run uh, from DC. Uh, and uh, check that out by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. I can never say his name right. It was the artist. Great artwork in that. Sin City. Uh, obviously, they've done a couple of movies. Frank Miller. I've read some of it. Uh, it it's tough. It's it's hard boiled and uh, pretty pretty intense. Good stuff. Um, the Killing Joke, a classic uh, Joker Batman thing uh, story from uh, DC. Uh, Alan Moore again. Uh, just uh, <laughs> it's yeah. You got to read that. You got to have that on your shelf. Bone. I've read some of Bone by Jeff Smith. Uh, it's um, it's interesting. I never really could quite get into it as much as as other people. Uh, but anyway, Bone is is it, it's 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 more of sort of the, like this little cartoon character, uh, and and but it's also a sort of a fantasy type tale, like sort of a Lord of the Rings thing. Again hard to put into just a few words but it's it's kind of has a fantasy tolkien kind of element to it as well uh, there was a period i, I was going to pick up they have a couple of huge uh bone uh anthology books out there i could call them trade paperbacks but they're they're literally about i don't know five inches thick each uh that you can pick up for that if you're interested uh with a lot of this stuff, I, I would check out, you know, you can find, uh, there's an app called Comixology. There's other ways to get electronic stuff. But, you know, poke around, check a few things out and see what interests you. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Why the Last Man. Not read that one, but everyone has always said great things. It's about 70 total issues. Uh, definitely on my list of, of things to read. Fables by DC Vertigo. Uh, I've picked up some of this. It's never captured my attention as much as some others, but it's really, really a rich fantasy fairy type world. Uh, re- well worth uh, checking out. Um, Daredevil has been done a few times. Some pretty classic stuff. Frank Miller did some. Uh, there's another run um, in um, Daredevil's history. I can't think of who else, uh, but uh, a lot of good Daredevil stuff, and obviously a lot of popularity now from the uh, the Netflix TV show. So Frank Miller did a run. Uh, and and check this out. Great stuff uh, there. Uh, I don't know that one, so I'm not going to mention it. Uh, 
Uh, what else? Let's go to another list here. Oh, Rising Stars from Top Cow slash Image uh, was, a, was a really cool book. Uh, that came out, uh, gosh, when was it? The late 90s, I think. I think late 90s. But it, it's uh, actually uh, by J. Michael Straczynski, which some people will know from Babylon five times. So, so check that out uh, when you get a chance. Uh, a really good book, uh, very sci-fi oriented about people who get powers and uh, well worth uh, taking a look at that one. Scott Pilgrim, I saw the movie, never really read the comics, but that's something else uh, to, to take a look at. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. Oh, the, of course, I should have mentioned <laughs> The Walking Dead by uh, Robert Kirkman over at Image Comics. Still running. Uh, and, and this book, if you, if you like the TV show, what, what you'll find if you pick this book up is that the early maybe 50, 60, 70 issues of it sort of follows the... Uh, the TV show followed it pretty close. There's a lot of similarities, but the the book has really diverged. the The book and the TV show are not really the same much anymore. So uh, that one's well worth um, taking a look at uh, if you like um, if you like the um, the show. You should you should definitely take a look at the comic as well. Um, there are some year one books that are really good from uh, DC. Uh, like Batman Year One, Frank Miller, uh, Dave Mezzicelli, I think art. Uh, it's it's really really cool. Uh, there's a there's a Robin Year One, I think a Batgirl Year One. Well worth checking those out. Uh, there's something called the Hundred Bullets uh, that is uh, something I've never read, but I've heard a lot of good stuff, especially from one of the guys on on iFanboy always brings this book up and it gets talked about a lot. Uh, there's a very cool uh, uh, Superman uh, mini uh, that was done. Mark Millar, uh, Dave Johnson, uh, worked on this. It's called uh, Superman Red Sun, and I don't think I've read that. I think I may have read an issue or two of it, but I don't think I read the whole thing. Uh, of course, I think I already mentioned the X-Men, uh, Uncanny X-Men, Days of Future Past. That's a great run. Um, it's actually only, gosh, I think it's only like, two or three issues uh, but but that's worth checking out uh, for sure uh, there's just a ton of stuff uh, astonishing x-men was another real good run actually this one will catch some people's eyes uh, there was about two dozen i think issues uh joss whedon did the writing on that very different take on the x-men uh, so check that out hellboy mike mignola uh, i've read eh, a handful of hellboy it's never really grabbed me as much as, as some people, but um, but anyway, now it, you know the great thing about doing today's podcast is uh, it's reminding me of, of even even myself who has you know someone who's read comics a long time and a ton of them, a lot of classic stuff that I've not. Uh, I think I'm going to make a point out of after today's show. I'm going to you uh, go over to Amazon and order a couple of trade paperbacks. Maybe I'll finally get into Sandman. I just have had trouble. I've read the first few issues of it, and I've just had trouble getting into it. Uh, Punisher has done some good stuff. Punisher Max, I think, was a series there uh, that that you could check out. Um, oh, there's just so much. It's just, it's just incredible. I mean, if you if you are a geek, you know one of one of my points with Treks and Sci-Fi and and doing the podcast over the years, and not just um, not just talking about Star Trek episodes or Star Wars each week is to try to bring um, 
people something new that they might not have, uh, they may never have gotten into. And, and, and I'm really hoping that there are people listening today that have maybe never, hardly ever picked up or read a comic. And, uh, and, and if you like, you know, interesting characters, stories, cool art, uh, I mean, there's really nothing else like comics and like reading comics. And these days with, with easy, you know, access digitally on iPad, I, I do read quite a few comics on my iPad. It's a great thing to carry along with me on, uh, on trips. Easy to carry around an iPad with a bunch of comics on it than it is with uh, <laughs> a stack of actually paper comics in your luggage. So, uh, but so much great stuff. So I really hope that people will, um, people will listen to the show and, and get excited about maybe picking up a comic or two and checking it out. Uh, ton of things out there. Uh, just, just really, I, I could have gone on and on. I think I'm going to kind of wind it up a little bit uh, and and try to end the show here. But I, I you know, Spider-Man, X-Men, Superman, Batman. Uh, you know, it, there's just you know, the Avengers, and it's just tons of stuff. We've got that Suicide Squad moving. If you want to know what's going on in all this, all these movies, you know, pick up some comics. Check out where the from the source material, what what they really were about. And Fantastic Four, you know, if you don't want to go see the movie, spend that spend that ten bucks or five bucks or whatever, and pick up a trade comic of of the Fantastic Four. Uh, there was a, a great run by John Byrne uh, that I loved of Fantastic Four. And and many many good writers and artists on that book over the years. So, just uh, really amazing, great stuff. Uh, and and comics, uh, I'll I'll read comics forever for the rest of my life, and and have for a long time. And uh, now I just want to sit down all day and and read a stack of comics. But uh, gotta do a edit a podcast and cut the grass and go to the comic shop. Well, that'll be good. That'll that'll help this whole thing. Got that Deadpool movie coming too. Uh, just plenty of things to um, to get into and uh, just a lot of stuff that's uh, that's fun for a geek and if you've not been a, a comic book uh, reader or fan you know hopefully this will give you some good uh, good suggestions and good things to, to check out and uh, I hope it's been uh, helpful and educational educational sounds like some kind of a, a class that you took no no all right um, upcoming on the podcast let me think here. I think I can do this by memory for the rest of the month. Next weekend, uh, Jedi Jeff will be here. He's going to do a vidcast, actually, a guest vidcast. I think it might be the first time we'll have a a full guest videocast, which I'm, I'm super pumped about. I'm super glad he, he volunteered to do this because they're not easy to do by far. Uh, and he's going to cover some of his collectibles, like his, his uh, Diamond Select uh, Star Trek ships, I think, in particular, and probably show them to us and describe them and... I've only got a couple of those, um, so I'm really looking forward to what Jeff has to say about uh, his collection there. He is a uh, definitely a collector uh, after my own heart on, on his collection. He's got some nice stuff. All right, in two weeks, roughly, a, a little past two weeks, because I am going in two weeks to Chicago Wizard World, uh, to the Wizard World Chicago Con with my son, my older son, Stephen, and his fiance, who live, they live over in Chicago. So we're going to go to that con. So I'm going to do a vidcast, but it's probably going to come out like Monday or Tuesday that week after I get back. That'll be the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd. So probably a vidcast probably on the 24th or 5th. And the last weekend of August, I am going to do the big 10th anniversary live show. Probably use Ustream again. And uh, so that should be fun. 10 years of Treks and Sci-Fi. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
it's time to stop, right? No, uh, can't stop. Can't stop. Um, so that's about it, folks. Uh, two last things again. I, again, if you are over near Chicago at all, I will be at Wizard World on Saturday, the 22nd uh, there. So let me know if you're going to be there and maybe we can meet up. I know Rick Pete's going to be there, I think, with his son. So uh, we're going to meet Rick at least uh, and and hopefully some others. So let me know. Also, of course, going to Austin again at uh, the end of October and with the Anomaly Ladies. And Noah's going to be there again. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I cannot wait for that. Uh, it's going to be so so cool to see everybody again. It's been too long already, so uh, looking forward to that very much. So, again, thanks, folks, always for listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. You can always learn more about the show over at treksinsci-fi.com. Send me an email, treksf at gmail.com. Uh, you know, I haven't got any real lot of voicemails or anything like that lately so send me some comments about what you've been liking over the summer or anything else you want to talk about or maybe comic books that you like i can play that uh your comments about comics in on a future show so and and please check out patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi if you could all donations are welcome uh that's it i'm out of here next week jedi jeff and his vidcast i'll talk to you in a couple weeks on the video show from wizard world so bye-bye thanks for listening Copyright 2008, Rico Dawson.